you're not involved in the day-to-day -day production, operations, or selling of a specific product or service, it can be easy to overlook all of the variables that go into setting the price of that product or service. Consumers can sometimes forget that a product doesn't just have to be produced. It has to be shipped to the selling location. The materials that go into making it have to be manufactured and shipped to that producer, not to mention items like advertising, taxes, logistics, research and development, and any other costs that a company can incur in bringing a product to market. It becomes even more complicated when the prices of certain items or materials can change based on outside forces, like weather events, labor shortages, shipping and logistics issues, and tariffs, among others. Hygiene article producers not only have to work closely with suppliers to manage all of these variables, but they also have to put it all together at a price where they can make money. And most importantly, they need to set a price where consumers will actually buy the product or service. Not only do these producers need to know their suppliers and the market, but they need to have a strong understanding of their consumers' needs and how much they are willing to spend on a product or service. Lastly, producers have to worry about their competitors and where they are setting their prices. With all these factors influencing companies and their pricing strategies, it's no wonder companies spend a lot of time and resources to find the right strategy for their products and pricing. Luckily, Bostic is here to help. Welcome to Attached to Hygiene. I'm your host, Jack Hughes. On every episode of Attached to Hygiene, Bostic and other industry experts provide valuable insight into market and consumer trends in the disposable hygiene industry and how article producers can increase their success and reach their business goals. On today's episode, we're going to introduce you to the topic of cost in disposable hygiene. We'll explore what we mean when we talk about cost, what factors are influencing the cost of raw materials and hygiene products, what some producers are doing to reduce their costs, and how suppliers like Bostic are working to support producers in managing their own pricing strategies. Joining me today to discuss the topic of cost in disposable hygiene is Bostic's global product line manager, Mike Schumacher. Mike, welcome to Attached to Hygiene. Thanks, Jack, for inviting me. Really appreciate it. Now, we always like to have our, our guests introduce themselves. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and your role or roles at Bostic and tell us what you find most interesting about working in the hygiene industry? Sure, um, not a problem, Jack. Um, I've been with Bostic now for 13 years. Um, I started in the strategic sourcing department when Bostic was owned by Total before they were sold to Arkema. So I spent about eight years in strategic sourcing globally and then moved over to product line management and now manage the product line globally for hygiene. And what I find interesting about the hygiene business is that it relates so much to the people and things around me. Um, I have a four-year-old daughter, um, Luella, who I constantly you know, give hugs and kisses to. And I think it's great that the things that we do inside of hygiene and adhesives impact the daily lives of uh, my daughter, uh, my two sons, and my family, and the family like you, Jack. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's really nice to be able to relate tangibly to to what we're doing. And, you know, I've worked at companies where it was really tough to, to relate to what we were selling and, and kind of see how it impacted things that I was doing or dealing with on a daily basis and even people in general were dealing with. So I can really appreciate that understanding that what we do has an impact on people and, and, and consumers and, and a lot of them, because obviously a lot of people are are either buying or using diapers, feminine pads and adult and content products. So it's, it's really great to make that connection. 
Yeah, totally agree, Jack. Now, as I mentioned, we're here to talk about cost and, and cost in, in the market. And so I want to start by kind of level setting everybody. So what are we referring to when we talk about cost in hygiene? Well, there's two really big things, Jack, that we look at when we talk about cost. The first is we talk about the price, which is the price where consumers pay, and it's what they spend at the time of their purchase. So when they go to the store or the outlet, they're buying a product and they're paying a price. What I'll talk about is the cost, which is how we, as an adhesive provider, go back into the supply chain and look at the related materials impacting the total cost of procurement. So things like freight, things like tariffs, taxes, the raw material itself, feed streams, all those things go into combining what comes out to be our cost and ultimately what impacts the sell price to our customers and the sell price to the consumer. I love that you 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 kind of listed out there all of the different things that go into it. And, and there's obviously much, much more than that, even uh, all the variables that impact our selling price for our adhesives, which ultimately impact the selling price for the end consumers or for the, the producers. And, and then that impacts what the consumers are paying. And, you know, I think oftentimes if you're not in in a position to kind of see that on a daily basis, you kind of uh, take for granted all the things that go into that end end price that you see next to your product on the shelf. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And obviously we'll, we'll be diving a lot deeper into that throughout the episode. Yeah, Jack, I think sometimes when you go to a store or you look at an end product, you know, you realize and look at the price first, right? And and not so much the detail that goes into the product or what has been done in order to get the product to the shelf. And I, I think that's important. And it's a significant part of what we deal with um, as a manufacturing company, an adhesive company. It's something that, you know, hopefully today we can help provide a little bit of light into, shed a little bit of light into for people that are listening to help them understand what really impacts the cost of the adhesive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially now as as private label producers get to be bigger in the market and as as competition is increasing, you know, for spots on the shelf and, and just for a consumer's attention for for these type of products, price is more important than ever because there's so much competition out there that there's a lot of a lot of consumers that are going to make decisions based on price. And so having a competitive price while while still delivering a quality product is is super important and probably more important than it than it has been in the past. Now, we'll talk about some of the the consumer habits and and habits of the end consumer. So what are what's, what are some of the ways cost is influencing the buying habits of of consumers and end users of of hygiene products in the market? Well, that's a great question, Jack. You know, pricing to the market impacts a lot of the ways a consumer views that product. There's a general sense that you don't want to overpay for something that has the same type of quality or performance. And so you can choose between a product that's really less expensive and then use kind of more of them and, and dispose of them. Or conversely, you can have a product that you think maybe works better or is significantly improves the longevity of the product or what you're doing and, and gives you the opportunity to get more life out of that product. So, you know, it's maybe the simple look of plastic cups versus a ceramic mug for your coffee in the morning, which I'm having right now. You know, is it better for me to buy a bunch of plastic cups and fill up my coffee um, which is cheaper, right? Up front, it does the same job. Or is it better to do a ceramic mug and and know that I'm paying more, but I have that product for a longer period of time and it kind of does a little bit more for me than the plastic cups, which are disposable. So I think overall, you know, the consumers look at cost a lot differently depending on where they are. 
A lot of that has to do with disposable income too. So around the world, people have different levels of money available to them, um, which is known as disposable income. And they're purchasing inside of a range that they're really able to afford. And so in India, not everyone has the same disposable income as, let's say, the United States. And so they're looking are influenced by the cost of that end product. And they likely don't have the disposable income to buy some of the top leading high priced products. And they look at the disposability more than the longevity of the product. And so I think that's an example, Jack, of how consumers sometimes look at the different ways that cost can influence them. So that cultural aspect really, really influences them. And then let's just be honest, right? We, we don't want, you know, like I mentioned my daughter and, and kids out there, there are families that have kids. We don't want accidents happening when we go places, right? To a wedding or to an event or, you know, a night out um, with friends. I, I think that's when we look at the light incontinence and, and femcare, um, as well as the hygiene and diaper piece of the business and say, we want to make sure that you feel safe, secure, um, that you don't have any shame, right? And so adhesives and what we look at provide that opportunity to, to have a high quality product. And, you know, coming back around to the cost influence, I think sometimes you pay a little bit more to have that security, right? So there may be products out there that you say, I'm willing to pay a little more because I know it works. That's a that's a really great point. It's and one that I I I think I often overlook is it's easy to look at a diaper or you know a feminine hygiene product as just something okay we we need it to absorb you know an insult and then we're gonna we're gonna dispose of it. But it, it's interesting to look at it as more of a kind of a short term investment as you know I'm putting money into this because I am comfortable enough in the quality of the product. And as you said, that longevity of the product that when I'm wearing it or when my child is using it, I'm not gonna run into issues with it leaking. And it, I'm investing in, in, as you said, that security of knowing that I can wear this and have it be insulted and not have to deal with any embarrassment or any lack of confidence in um, in people finding out that I'm wearing it or or you know any you know any issues overall. So it's I think that's a really great point there. I also like the point of discussing um, or talking about the varying buying habits and you know the needs and how people are approaching the buying habits. And I think it's also interesting to keep in mind we were, we were was discussing with some of our other colleagues recently that in some places people aren't buying packs of diapers. They're buying individual diapers at a time or or you know two two three diapers at a time because just of the of the cost and and the lack of disposable income to be able to to buy a pack of eight, twelve, eighty diapers. So that's something that certainly it, uh, not only producers have to keep in mind, but also retail Retailers who are selling those diapers have to keep in mind: is it is it something that are people going to buy these in the, the quantity that we want to sell them in? And if not, then what is the quantity that we have to distribute them in in order for people to make those purchasing decisions? Yeah, I think that's a great comment, Jack. I mean, we talk about disposable income, and and that leads to the different types of variations of packaging in the regions, which ultimately tells you what people are willing to afford. And I think you asked me before about, you know, the private label branding versus the premium, let's call it brands that are out there. And what we've seen a lot of is a lot of removal of that inner space of differentiation. And so the private label brands are really kind of coming up and getting the right performance levels. And we see them meeting kind of the needs of the market at that cost level, right? And so that's what makes it really, really interesting is, 
is, is we see that push from the market, which is saying we don't have enough money, we want the best products. And we see the push from the suppliers or our customers, right, the, the hygiene business, saying we want to meet those needs of the customers, but we want to do so in a, in a way that meets them where they're at. And that means by not overcharging them, hopefully, but making sure that they have the option of buying variations of products from a variety of manufacturers that give them the option to to buy and and meet them where they're at financially. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, you know, mentioning private label, it's it's been interesting to see how private label, the influence of private label brands or private label products has grown over the the last you know several years maybe the last decade and i think it's really given consumers a lot of a lot more purchasing power and i think in the past it, it you know this may be a, a an assumption but it, it may have been easy to overlook some of the consumers that weren't spending as much on diapers by the some of the larger brands you know they, they were only concerned with the the people who are willing to pay a premium for their products and and now with you know the larger influence of private label brands these these consumers with less disposable income to to, to spend on products have come to expect a high quality of product even despite the lower cost and, and it's giving those consumers a, a, a larger voice and a, a larger influence on the expectations that they're putting on producers so I, I think it's really great that you know these these private labels are obviously in it to make money but they're also empowering consumers that maybe didn't have as much power or much influence previously yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people have lost their jobs and we've seen a lot of market shifts, right? But demand for baby diapers probably stays the same in regards to, I still need a diaper or I still need a femcare pad. And the individual then looks at, well, how frequently can I buy that, right? And the private label brands, I believe, have really provided that option to a lot of the consumers to either, you know, extend a little bit the life of that product or buy something that's a little less costly than maybe a premium brand. That being said, you know, we know that the market has a place for the premium brands, right? We know that people continue to buy them at the quality, consistency, and performance levels that they expect. And, and there's that niche, there's that segmentation that will always buy premium, which is great. But having another alternative option that allows people with that need to meet them where they're at is also wonderful. And, and that's what makes, I think, the hygiene industry really a unique market is that you have now two really classic segments trying to figure out where they are in the world as it relates to that disposable income question. And, you know, I'm really looking forward, Jack, and I, I know this seems weird for me to say that, but I'm really looking forward to see the evolution of diapers, hygiene, inco, you know, where things go from here, because the next step has to be innovation and innovation towards something that provides an a different benefit to the experience of the customer. Yeah, I could not agree more. And as someone who has not yet have had kids, but is, is planning to, that'll be one that I'm certainly watching because um, obviously innovation costs money. You know, hey, you you can't you can't push the industry and and come up with new products without spending money. So it'll be interesting to see how those things are balanced out as all these variables play a part in that and influence the cost of a product and high performing it can be and how quali how, you know how much quality it can have. And so it'll be really interesting to see how that evolves. And then you throw into that you know other factors like uh, sustainability and what that means for cost and, and quality of products and, and consumer expectations, which that's a whole whole nother episode or several episodes that we'll talk about. But the innovation is going to be key and, and how how the 
the market players balance that with cost is is going to be a key thing for certainly for us to watch, but also for consumers to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you're hitting on right now is that differentiation between more of a commodity market, which we've just been talking about, right? Between the the high premium producers and the ever-growing, let's call it private label brands, which is more commoditized because <clears throat> they're looking for the best cost in the market and the adhesive providers need to supply that to them to make sure that they can meet those needs of the customers. And then there's another kind of path or train, and that's the innovation pipeline. And I'm glad you bring up sustainability. I, I know you're a fan of it. I'm a huge fan of it. I think that's the way you know we have to head in the future. Um, and now, actually, now we need to be there. But innovation isn't free, right? And so we have to put our emphasis on figuring out new ways to adhere and you know attaching um attaching to your world right our product line to to the customer our customers and and i think that innovation pipeline sometimes costs more and i mean when you and i are talking here about cost of the adhesive you know there's a difference there between that delineation of a more of a standard adhesive that's been on the market for years um, or is something that has been used to bond and the innovation pipeline. And and those costs kind of come through that supply chain, Jack, and, and those are different, right? And I think that's part of what we have to also explain and explore to not only our customers, but the consumers, that innovation and changes sometimes make you uncomfortable where you are with your financial objectives. You know, it might cost a little more to do sustainable products. It may cost a little more to get more out of your FemCare pad. And so I think that's a great kind of a balance that's going to happen is making sure that we provide that commodity line level support. And then we also make sure that we're moving the industry forward and moving hygiene applications forward to get to the innovation, to get to the next level and to make, you know, our world a better place. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, it's great that you mentioned the, the need to kind of, for lack of a better term, educate not only our customers, you know, the, the article producers, but end consumers about if this is what you want, it, it's kind of going to cost money. And um, and I think that's probably where sustainability is going to start. And, and it'll, for me, I think what's going to be really interesting is not only for us, what are our customers willing to pay for, you know, a sustainable adhesive, whether it be compostable or biodegradable or biosourced um, or recyclable, you know, all things that we're working on. What is the the article producer willing to pay for that, and and where's kind of their breaking point, and then the the end consumer, because that's kind of the unknown right now as well. Is is what is an end consumer going to be willing to pay for it? And you know, I think with most innovations that that willing to pay a premium will start in places where there is more disposable income, but eventually it's going to trickle down because probably more so than a lot of a lot of the trends out there, whether it be odor or softness, sustainability is kind of a global trend and, and there's a high expectation for sustainability, you know, regardless of disposable income, no matter where you're going. And so eventually, and I think rather quickly, once products hit the market, there's going to be consumers in those, you know, the the lower disposable income groups that have an expectation for sustainability and it'll be the onus will be on article producers and their suppliers like Bostic to to make sure we were able to optimize the cost of all the materials all those sustainable materials that go into those products so that we can still meet the needs of the market regardless of disposable income and how how much they're willing to pay for a product 
So we've we've touched on some of the challenges that manufacturers have to face and some of the variables that they have to keep in mind in order to to manage costs and still be able to be successful in the market. But what are some more ways that article producers are are managing their costs and savings? Jack, they're looking at a couple of different things in their operations. You know, they're looking at how to optimize their process. So they're they're actually taking people out of the plants and looking to make sure that they can automate where possible and that reduces the human air side of it they're also you know turning their machines up on speed trying to manufacture more to you know bring down the the cost per article and that that's good and bad right those things happen for a reason but you know you have to have that uh, preventative or predictive maintenance I, I call it preventative maintenance there's two different types of maintenance. There's a preventative maintenance and there's a predictive maintenance. And you know, when we look at predictive maintenance, that's kind of an issue right now is that you know, we wanna make sure that those manufacturers have the opportunity to stop, make sure their quality is right, um, address their manufacturing and, and needs inside of the plant. And what we're seeing today with these storms in the US and over the world, COVID supply issues, is that a lot of the, our manufacturing partners our customers are pushing those out. And so any maintenance that they would be doing to their operations have been pushed out, which is dangerous, right? And so I think that's a huge watch out for the industry because it potentially could delay or constrict some of the things that they're trying to do well, like process optimization or waste reduction. Another thing that they're doing really well is they're looking at the different substrates and the different elastic strands for things in diapers. You know, they're trying to get more creative in lowering their um, weight associated with the article and getting thinner materials. Um, they're also looking with us at how to lower the adhesive add-on. So adhesive add-on, if those listening don't know, is how much adhesive goes into the article, it's pretty simply put. But you know, lowering the adhesive add-on means that we're lowering the, the amount, but still maintaining the level of quality and performance that the consumer and consumer expects to, to see in the product. And the manufacturers that we work with are doing a lot of things to take the cost out of um, their businesses. And they're looking to us and pointing to us to try to do the same. And so it's a constant kind of struggle, I think, in the in the marketplace of, you know, like you said, Jack, meeting the needs of the market and you know where they're at financially and making sure that if you're going to lead with an innovative sustainable product that that they would you know the market is ready for that at, at maybe a premium price but also looking through the supply chain and trying to take costs out at the manufacturing level and at our level the adhesive level and so there's a great balance that needs to happen between those three in order to to be successful i love that you mentioned balance because i think that's that's really the core of it. And as as with any business, you know, all businesses are trying to ultimately cut costs or, or you know, minimize them as much as possible without sacrificing quality and, and, you know, their name brand in the market and things like that. And it's ultimately finding that balance. And you mentioned things like running machines for longer, um, but and or automating processes or, or removing adhesives or waste or, or using different materials and all those things play a role. But ultimately it's, you know, as you said, balancing it so that the product doesn't lose its its core its core function um you know the quality isn't impacted and and ultimately for article producers the brand isn't impacted and all those things you know tweaking one thing here or one thing there can really mess that up if, you, if you're not kind of careful and, and really looking at the the overall picture while 
adjusting some of the dials, whether it be adhesive add-on or automating something. So it's uh, certainly a lot to think about and a lot of challenges that uh, article producers are facing to keep costs down while continuing to innovate and um, advance. Yeah, I agree. And maybe Jack, I can add one more piece in here. And I think it's important is that that balance between, you know, those three, let's call it levels, right? The consumer, our customer, and the adhesive provider. And when I look at the the market today, you know, there's job loss, there's revenues that, that have decreased. So the real wages are flattening or decreasing around the world. There's possible loan lending, tightening restrictions. There's monetary policy adjustments that are happening. So, you know, com- uh, countries are determining whether or not to subsidize or or give stimulus checks to the market. There's inflation, which I, I believe totally is going to be a, a pressure that, you know, relates to cost, um, but it relates to the market too of what you can buy. You know, that disposable income discussion that we're having is, you know, if there's inflation, it means that you can buy less with, with the money that you have. And the vaccination process, right, of globalizing a vaccine to make sure that people are coming out of their current situations and, and then able to go back to some normalcy in life. And, you know, when I look at that being the market side of it, and you tie that then to the manufacturer, which is the diaper producer, you know, they're trying to do things like you mentioned, and we talked about to reduce the cost of of their products. And then there's us and the adhesive provider, and we have to do the same things. So, you know, we're looking at things like the supply and demand of our raw materials. We're looking at the cracking slate and capacity of our raw material suppliers and what's happening in the market. We're dealing with weather-related issues and social changes uh, across the globe. And then we're also looking at oil outputs and logistics. So oil's up, you know, 100% since March. And, you know, an example of uh, the freight is the Chinese, I think, Shanghai index was 3.5 times the amount that it was back in 2020. So, you know, we're dealing with those increased inputs into our business. And then we're dealing with the supply and demand of those products into our market. So, you know, there's alternate values that are going on, Jack, that, you know, if somebody's willing to pay more, they get the product <laughs> most likely and those things that are happening inside of our market. And so I think it's a combination of the three, customer, uh, manufacturer, and us, and having that balance between the three. And right now in this environment that we're in, and I just mentioned a couple of those factors, I think it's an out of market, you know, situation. We're out of balance. We're not in equilibrium. And so that's what forces or makes a manufacturer look at the cost running through the supply chain and want even more visibility into how we're dealing with those adhesive price factors. And so it's a it's a real balancing game, Jack. And I think at some point we'll get back into a better equilibrium as things always change. But right now it's really in flux. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's a kind of a great transition into what I wanted to ask next, which which is, okay, you mentioned all of the things that us as a supplier, you know, Bostic as a supplier are dealing with, whether it be raw material costs, raw material shortages, shipping, all that stuff. So what role can a supplier like Bostic play in helping article manufacturers keep their costs down? And and I guess a little deeper, what what is Bostic doing to help you know us keep our costs down and help the article producers keep their own costs down? Yeah, it's a it's a great question and one that I think every consumer and customer should be asking. Right? Is what are you what are you doing to make sure that you're meeting the needs where I'm at? And what Bostic I think does really well is that we look at you know every cent inside of the business literally. 
And, you know, we evaluate the cost of our manufacturing. So we're, we're looking at automation of our plants and ensuring that we're taking costs out of our sites and operations. I think that's a big one. We're looking also and and have contracts with some of our strategic suppliers globally to ensure continuity of supply and a cost to us that is, you know, best in world if possible or helps us manage the cost profile of our adhesives. We're looking at opportunities to decrease the spend that we have associated with adhesives. And so the formulation cost of our new adhesives is one of the things that we look at. Um, a second piece that we would look at is, are we creating value by doing um, activities? And if not, we'll try to remove those activities so that there's some value mapping there. And, and I think third, you know, we're looking to make sure that we're offering the right product at the right point in time to the right customer. And so we're, we're not trying to over-engineer um, what we're doing. And we want to make sure with our customers that you know, we meet them in their journey for what they need. If they need something different or have an expectation, you know, it's not a market in which we want to push our products to them, but rather make sure that we're hearing them and successfully able to pull that information in and then accomplish what we both need. And that may be, you know, add-on reduction, maybe price savings. And so we're doing a lot inside of the cost side of it. And we're also trying to experiment with uh, other article manufacturers to, you know, have joint ventures and agreements to make sure that we're trying to, you know, optimize the supply chain and optimize the article cost. And so it's not just the adhesive by itself. We don't have just adhesive in the marketplace being sold. There's an article, there's a diaper, there's a femcare pad. And so these things are need to be balanced. And we want to work with those individuals and companies and groups that will challenge the norm and take us to a place where we can additionally get cost savings and, and provide the best opportunity to be cost conscious to our marketplace. Yeah. And as you mentioned, I think, Mike, the, the big thing there after the, the balance is really the, the communication and you know making sure whether it's um, adjusting prices or, or if we're, we're being asked about pricing, it's really that full communication about what's going into it and what are the different variables and how are those moving and how are we trying to balance them and how can we help our customers, you know, the article producers balance them and um, certainly a, a lot to, well, for, for lack of a better term, to balance and to to keep in mind. But really the communication I think is, has been the, the key part in um, making sure that everyone's on the same page. And obviously we have to communicate those same things, the expectations to our own suppliers, you know, it, it, adhesives aren't, we, we don't just, extract adhesives and then sell them into the market there there are different different materials that go into our adhesives and you know we have to be communicating with our own suppliers on on the needs in the market and our own needs um, and then you know similarly be communicating to our end consumer or our consumers our customers the the article producers on the same type of things so could not agree more yeah thanks jack i mean as you mentioned there's that balance right and we've talked about that a lot today of that transparency and that impact from consumer, you know, mom with baby and having the diaper to all the way back to the suppliers of raw materials that we use to make adhesives. And if the market changes up front, 
in the world and there's a desire to have more innovation and sustainable products, well, that's going to impact all the way through the supply chain, all the way to the end. And I think that's something that we do really well is we're starting to really read well what's happening in the market and trying to connect back all the way to the supply chain to ensure that we have continuity of supply, to ensure that we have the right cost structures and that we have the right available products to us to meet that new demand. Could not could not agree more. And, and I like that, that kind of big picture thinking because when there are we'll use the the kind of black swan event from this year the storms in texas that shut down all the the oil and natural gas production in the southern united states which is a, a huge hub for all of that you know that was that that greatly impacted our market greatly impacted bostic because some of the materials coming from those processes go directly into our products or or or, or you know or into the the other products or other materials that are being used by hygiene producers and so when you see when the end consumer hears about it happening in Texas, but then sees a price increase of their diapers, their feminine products in, you know, where we are in Wisconsin, that connection isn't always easy to make. Um, and so the more that we can do to to educate the market on that, and and obviously our customers know that, but, you know, their customers may not, um, the more we can do, the clearer the picture becomes for some of the end consumers and, and how, you know, what they're paying when, they, when they're buying their products. So it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge for us, but one, one that we're, we're certainly trying to to meet uh, as much as possible. Yeah, Jack, I, I think you bring up a good point here. And I think it's continuity of supply too. Continuity of supply and stability or stability and predictability, right? You want to be able to go to the shelves at any market you're in globally and know that you're going to get a product that works. And we do a great job of making sure that the quality and product that we provide to our customers that ultimately go to the market are meet that expectation, right? So when you go to a shelf and you see a brand that has Bostic inside of it, or maybe they don't know it has Bostic inside of it, and we have to do a little better job of making sure that they ask or they figure out that information. But, you know, we are consistent. We have high quality continuity supply and we're predictable and stable. And I think those things all match up because what it says is that you don't have to worry about not having an article. You don't have to worry about massive increases to the cost of what we're providing to the article producer. And that's important. I think educating customers and consumers is awesome. Personally, I, I don't want to be educated in every product that I see when I go into the shopping center. Um, I want to rely on that. I want to rely on the predictability and the sustainability of that supply of that product when I go in and buy something. And I think that's something that people can count on with, with us, certainly. And I also believe that as things change in the world, we have a better grasp on what globally is happening. And, and that's going to really make us a business that can meet those changing needs in the consumer environment. Completely agree. And I, I think you didn't say it, but I think to relate it back to one of our more recent episodes with Diane Tunin, the, the big thing that that everyone is looking for is consistency. There are a bunch of different words you could use in place of that, but I think the core is consistency and, you know, having prices be consistent, having consistent products on the shelf, meeting quality consistently and, and you know, let alone all of the operational pieces of it. But I think consistency is what people are, are looking for, what they're what they're working towards and, and what they're growing to expect. You know, you mentioned that Black Swan event in Texas, which knocked out some of the refineries and was an unfortunate frost event. Um, in the south part of the U.S. And what what amazes me is that when you read it in the papers or you see it on the news, 
it doesn't necessarily impact you right away, right? You, you see it and you say, okay, well, that's terrible. That's a terrible incident. We hope everyone's safe and and they can get back to, to some normalcy. And what you mentioned, Jack, was polypropylene, polyethylene, um, crude, all of these feeds that seemingly on the paper uh, are, you know, so far away from normal life don't really mean anything yet until it gets downstream. And so as an adhesive provider, as you know, we, we're we four, five, six steps down the road in that process. And so these feeds come through that cycle and they go through that process and they get down into the fifth and sixth level of being modified. And the derivatives then become part of the products that we use to manufacture the adhesive. And I think it's great that, you know, we put some type of picture or emotional context with what's happening because it impacts all of us every day. And I think people don't connect naturally some of the things that happen in the world to what they see in their daily lives. And that's an important part of this is that we make the connection between what's happening in the world with crude and supply and demand and cracking slate and output. And we help give some context to what impacts, you know, the daily lives of, of people like you and I and my daughter and our families. And I think that's the the key kind of thing that we can do better um, as a as a Bostic organization and as a market is make sure that, you know, we're protecting families and the people that we ultimately hold close to us and that are the end consumers, but also educate them when they need to be educated or want to be educated in what's, you know, what's impacting them and why. Yeah, I, I I can't say that much better. I think there there's certainly work to do there, but I think as the world becomes a little smaller with you know technology, with innovation, with uh, communication, and just the the new cycle and the amount of the amount of information just going out there, it's it's getting a little easier to to kind of explain those connections and and as you said, make make something like what's happening in in Texas, you know, for someone you know in I don't know Washington in the United States, which is you know about as far from Texas as you can get in, in the U.S. Make it a little more personal personal and help them understand, okay. The event going on down there doesn't impact me in a direct way, but indirectly it impacts me by what I'm paying for things on the shelf. And um, and I think the more you can make that connection, the the closer we kind of we kind of all get. And it's a it's a it's an effort, right? It's an effort between the suppliers of raw materials to the adhesive provider, which is us, to our customer which is the diaper manufacturer. So all, all three of those have to be in line too, Jack. And that's an important concept is, you know, we have to be willing to look at the market and know what's happening and how that's going to impact the downstream buying. And I think what's been done so far is there's a, a consensus that they're trying to limit the impact of costs to the end users because of what's happening in the marketplace. And, you know, we do a great job of that. We, Like I said, we manage a lot of different and we're trying to do our part, you know, to make sure that we're only incurring those things that are impacting us um, in this kind of really volatile world and also continuing to improve our operations and our, our product offering to to meet the changing needs without having these huge cost increases or without having um, gaps in, in supply. 
Yeah, and it's a little cliche, but it, it nothing's happening in a vacuum. You know, n- nothing we do is in a vacuum, and everything we're doing impacts our customers, which impacts the end consumer, and all you know also impacts our suppliers and their suppliers. You know, so it's all all related. And and like you said, that that continuity of supply is important, and and it's all interconnected, and and all has an impact on each other, and and ultimately that that trickles down to the end consumer who are buying the the products off the shelves. And as you said, the goal is to really minimize that impact as much as possible throughout the entire process so that, you know, we can ultimately meet the needs of the consumers and, you know, hopefully not have them be paying an arm and a leg to to meet a basic need like hygiene. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, Mike, we're getting to the the end of our time here, and I want to be conscious of your time. But, you know, there's there's a, a ton we could say about costs. I know you're dealing with it on a daily basis. And we'll just share with our audience here if, if there are any questions about, you know, for, for our customers, if there are any questions about cost and, and the role that that different events in the world are, are having on, on costs and, and our adhesives and raw materials, you know, please reach out to us, reach out to your key account manager. Feel free to reach out to Mike. We'll share the, his information in the show notes, and um, we can certainly, uh, you know, set up a time to, to have that discussion as as we think it's important. And as you know, we've said our goal is to really try and minimize the impact that our customers and ultimately the end consumers are feeling. So, if there are questions, please let us know, and and I'll, I'll share some more of that as as we wrap up the episode and in the show notes. So, Mike. Thank you for a great discussion. This is is a really, really engaging one and a really great one for me. I loved the conversation. So thank you so much for for coming on to discuss costs with us. Hey, thanks, Jack, for inviting me and uh, appreciate all the good questions. And hopefully um, everyone has a better insight into what we're dealing with. And I hope they all have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We've got more great episodes coming, including our first episodes with guests from outside of Bostic, where we'll discuss adhesives as a bonding solution and softness, and we're excited to be sharing those with you in the coming weeks. Attached to Hygiene is brought to you by Bostic and is hosted by me, Jack Hughes. It is produced and edited by me with the help of Paul Andrews, Michelle Tonkovitz, and Green Onion Creative. Our theme music is by Jonathan Boyle. You can follow Bostic for more hygiene industry insights on LinkedIn at Disposable Hygiene Adhesives or email us with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes at hygiene at bostic.com. That's H-Y-G-I-E-N-E at bostic.com. We'd also like to extend a special thank you to our guest, Mike Schumacher. You can find Mike on LinkedIn or you can feel free to address any emails to him at the hygiene at bostic.com email address I just mentioned. As I said in the episode, if you would like to learn more about how certain raw materials or world events are impacting our prices, please feel free to reach out to us as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the show, and share us with a friend or colleague. You can find Attached to Hygiene wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.